Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Escafil Files, a book analysis podcast where one diehard fan and one newbie start yet another podcast about Animorphs, the children's book series by K.A. Applegate. I'm Danielle, I use she or they pronouns, and you can find me on the internet at Talk 90 and my co-host is Jade. Hello, I'm Jade, you can find me on the internet at jadeoxfordrose, and I use they-them pronouns. We'll be making our way through the books, one book at a time, analyzing the themes and how they stand up to time, and sharing the experience with our friends on Discord, the link to which you can find in the show notes. Uh, This week, we once again have a guest. Welcome back, Dirk. Hello, I'm Dirk. I use they-them pronouns, and you can find me on Tumblr at pfdiva, also on AO3. And I do technically have a Twitter, but again, I mostly use it to reblog queer porn and politics. Uh, we are returning to Visser today. Uh, as a reminder, some book-specific content warnings include uh, a Yerk point of view and all of the grossness that comes with that, implied and referenced sexual assault uh, with regards to Yerks being... Uh, Yerks infesting people who then become pregnant, um, war imagery and gun violence, and an unrelated, unreliable narrator. Not unrelated. Um, so, we left off uh, at the trial of Visser 1, um, where Visser 3 had just uh, pulled his ace, where he reveals. Uh, a man named, a man who calls himself Spacey, who used to be known as Hildy, um, who talks about Allison Kim, who was one of Idris's hosts, and says that Essam, who was his yerk and, uh, Idris's subordinate slash co-exile on Earth, um, was in love with Idris, and he's sure that he was in love with Idris because otherwise he wouldn't have gone through with having children with her. Uh, now, last time we talked a little bit about how that is gross. Um, let's continue to how the Yerks in this room react. Uh, I love every- how there's just like total silence is first. Yeah. And everyone's like, it's such a <laughs> dum 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 moment. Yeah. And everyone is just like, and Idris is just panicking, like, I gotta deny it. Gotta, it's gotta be a lie. Uh, but what if there's proof? There could be proof. And lying to the council is worse. Mm-hmm. So um, her former supervisor and mouthpiece of the council of seen uh Garof is like is this true eva meanwhile is screaming in the back of her head and rightly so um pointing out that sh- that idris on top of all the other evil shit she has done created human children Mm-hmm. Um, and in her words you created human children to be enslaved by the eggs if there's a hell you'll be there soon Um, which uh, mm -hmm. is uh interesting because on the one hand like idris and sm didn't create these children to be enslaved by yerks but also they're there with the express intention of enslaving earth 
So, like, they did do that also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if that's not what necessarily they were intending to do, that is effectively what the result would be if they were successful. And mm-hmm. you can absolutely understand it from Eva's perspective. Of, yeah. Especially if even I was like, now I'm just struggling from a cannon, but like there have, if what attempts there have been to like grow possible new hosts, everything's happened, like even the bullshit with the sharks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm still mad about it. Um, <laughs> so it's, it makes sense to me that her interpretation of that would immediately be, oh, so you're just creating hosts the old fashioned way. Mm-hmm. Um, referring back to the class system about like the turnaround time. Mm-hmm. Uh, on producing viable hosts because we know that yurks will infest children mm-hmm. they might not be happy about it but they do yeah mm-hmm. uh, but yeah Eva is a very much needed voice of reason in this thing uh, because everyone else is horrified but they seem they're not necessarily horrified at the idea of like human children that are then going to be yerks they're horrified that this happened at all yeah i mean to call back to what we just one of the charges against Aegis is, is sympathizing with a subject mm-hmm. race mm-hmm. and like <clears throat> given that we've gotten the impression i think or it, the impression is made clearly in the book that because of the nature of yerk reproduction like a few yerks come together fuse their genetic material and then poof a whole bunch of n- new yerks mm-hmm. like just like not only are you sympathizing enough with it you're willing to do that aspect mm-hmm. of their biology yeah gross as well as the emotional fact that there does seem to feel like there's this revulsion there about you did what with your host body <laughs> ew it's not said that but i get that vibe yeah mm-hmm. i find uh. it interesting that as far as we don't know if there are any human controllers on the council we know there's hawkbajir and taxons and there's a couple we don't know mm-hmm. but it's interesting that we don't if one of those if one of the council of 13 has got a human host we don't know and mm-hmm. neither does Idris because of mm-hmm. the nature of how the council works. Uh, yeah, it's so she realizes that she can't she can't just deny this because Visser Three probably has some kind of proof. He wouldn't he wouldn't bring up this if he didn't have something to back it up. And he is hoping that she's going to deny it and uh, perjure herself, essentially. Um, but uh, she admits to it. Uh, Garoff is like, you really caused your host bodies to reproduce. He is described as incredulous. Um, and she says, yes. Garoff's face was hidden by the council member's hood, but I could read the stiffening of his limbs as evidence of his reaction. The entire council seemed to draw back. Um, and, uh, Visser 3 is crowing. He's like, yeah, so we, what, we always didn't have the motive. Uh, it never made sense that Visser 1, who found Earth and found this class 5 species, um, 
And he phrases it as would betray her own people and become a tool of the Andalites. Um, which isn't true. What is true is that she specifically has, uh, uh, campaigned for this secret slower invasion so that her children will not die in the crossfire essentially that that is the crux of her motivation here um and gareth is like you need to explain this business (laughs) (laughs) good for you chief you can <laughs> like to, uh... I was I was in your corner and now you done this and I don't know how to be in your corner anymore. <laughs> you done goofed, best of one. <laughs> yep. Uh um and Idris is fully prepared to be like, yeah, no, I'll happily explain. But internally she's freaking out. And she's mm-hmm. got Eva yelling at her, as established already. She's in a lot of physical pain that she can't shut herself away from. Mm-hmm. The fact that she's able to maintain as much composure as she does, and she's not doing well. Mm-hmm. Like, um, meanwhile, like I will, we we, we got to give uh, major props to Eva, who not only calls out Idris for a shit, but is also just like, <laughs> "Bitch, they're never gonna believe you now," and he's just laughing <laughs> at her, which yep. is just some. Mwah. Oh, we love to see it. Um, just like, yeah, you're going to be dead. Yeah, I'll be dead, but that's not as bad as it for you. <laughs> it's just, mm, it's very yep. good. I will thank God but, for the pain of your death. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, Eva is just like, no holds barred. Just like, yeah. mm, yes. Mm-hmm. Like the whole light in the last kind of man, just like me and my son are going to dance on your grave. It's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> love that for you. But um, uh, Idris returns to the story. Mm -hmm. Um, So she and Essam have made hosts of Lowenstein, the TV producer, and Jenny Lines, the would-be actress. Um, And really they're using them as a means to learn more about humans on a larger Mm -hmm. scale. Like obviously they have these limited experiences, but um, they need more data. And uh, while she's telling the story, in her head, she's like racking her brain for ideas because mm-hmm. Visa 3 has caught her off guard. Mm-hmm. And she is just returning to the fact that what she needs is the real Andalite bandits to show up here to prove that Visa 3's bit before with a real tiger and a real bear was a uh, a theater was a fuckery. I'm not sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> I love our flag. Myself. Um, and Eva's just like, Yeah, you need my son. How sad for you. <laughs> and Idris is too exhausted to, to argue because she is backed into a corner, mm-hmm. but she isn't dead yet. So, you know, she's she's lingering. Mm-hmm. Um, and at a studio party, we hear that uh, she encountered Alison Kim. Um, amusing enough, I think uh, given that Alison Kim is described as a scientist, I assume this was a studio party on a sci-fi show and perhaps Alison was there as an advisor, mm-hmm. which is just 
Love that for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and Idris clearly admires Alison. You get this vibe even from her description. This is a smart woman, um, not yeah, different from the hosts she's had before. Uh, she has disciplined habits of mind, a creative imagination. Um, and so, and this, the way she describes this scene is mm-hmm. delightfully cold. For mm-hmm. all the, up until this point, we've seen it just do some violence. Mm. Really, that's not her preferred modus operandi. Mm-hmm. It, as Jenny, she, in the swimming pool at this party, holds Alice and Kim underwater, presses their ears together so she can move between from Jenny to Alison and then leaves Jenny to drown on the bottom of the pool. Specifically makes Jenny breathe while underwater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's her last act while hopes, while possessing her. And then also gets to have the moment of Allison pulling Jenny up mm-hmm. and making it look like a tragic accident happened. But, oh, well, that Jenny. She was always probably going to, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm. it's just so incredibly cold and calculated and distressingly a very human way to do that mm-hmm. yep uh, and Allison Kim is a brilliant uh, and a brilliant person and a firecracker <laughs> Mm. For lack of a better yeah. word. And again, we get that vibe. This is one of these, like, mm, the enemies to lovers vibe is palpable. Because the way he just talks about it, oh, she fought me, oh, how glorious it was. I used to toy with her, withdraw a little bit of my control just to see how long it would find her. Just like, the way she talks about it, almost like it's a battle of equals and not like mm-hmm. she's totally fucking subjugated this woman mm-hmm. for her and own this is, purposes. Yeah, this is where the unreliable narrator comes in. And this is where you get some people thinking that this is like a weird quartet Mm. because Mm. like you do have idris talking about allison in this like on equal footing uh almost admiring way but we don't get any of allison's perspective well we don't get any of allison's perspective but we do get an insight into how she feels because mm-hmm. uh the talk about like withdrawing a small bit of her control uh to see how long it took Allison to a find the weakness and b try to exploit it leads into like the story that made me go holy shit Allison Kim goes hard mm-hmm. so i'm going to read this for you guys Once I surrendered control of a single eye, just my left eye, nothing more, Allison discovered that she could change the direction of that one eye, and here was her genius. She hid this ability, realized within a millisecond that to use it would be to betray it to me. She waited. Waited. She knew she could do only one thing with that eye close it and eliminate my ability to perceive depth. She waited a week 
till I was driving a car on a busy road going at a high speed. I was driving behind a truck with defective brake light. Then, at the perfect moment, she closed her eye. Suddenly, I could no longer be sure of the interval between me and the truck that was braking in front of me. I didn't know if it was stopping or maintaining speed. I missed a fatal collision by milliseconds. She had been trying to kill herself and me. Better dead than a controller. I was caught by surprise. I had not known that humans would do that. Die rather than accept defeat. Oh, I knew they said they'd do it, but not that they would actually mean it. It was a depressing insight. Victory always involves a certain amount of bluff. The weaker party must realize that he is weaker and be prepared to submit. A species that will not submit is useless. There was no profit in simply killing humans. We needed them alive. We are not predators, after all. So, this is what uh, she does. Oh, and the line mm -hmm. that I did not grab from the book is, uh, fortunately, few humans are Alice and Kim. But, like, also? Seriously. <laughs> yes. I suppose it goes one excellently red duck. Um, but as is revealed later in the closing lines of the book, I think perhaps in her own way, Idris did very much admire Alison. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, that's not fabricated for this story. Mm -hmm. It's just the the way that Idris as a person shows love and affection. It's about yeah. possession. It's possession. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love this, so I must have this so no one else can have this. It is mine. Mm-hmm. And it's, excuse me, incredibly proprietary. She's like, did you see what my host did? She almost killed us. Amazing. <laughs> God, no other humans are quite like my host. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's incredibly fucked up and delightful, but it just, it's one more credence to the arrogance of Idris that she already knows so much about humans. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, Alison's an exception, not the rule. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whereas we see time and time and time again in the books, and it's even called out during her trial, yep. a lot of humans really will fight and not stop fighting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they go back and forth about whether or not humans are strong or humans are weak depending on which argument it works for them because like mm -hmm. uh in the next you know back and forth with Vis viscer three he's like humans cannot stand against us but later on he points back to allison kim and her determination uh as you know, evidence that, like, Visser 1, you know, overextended herself, overstepped, yada yada. Yeah. I mean, this I, is this is significant because this is absolutely fascist rhetoric. Mm -hmm. Like, our foes are weaker than us, but they are a threat to our way of being. Mm -hmm. They will destroy us if we let them, but we are the most powerful force on Earth. And it's like... 
Mm-hmm. When I say this isn't subtle, I mean this is a compliment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot of good essays around at the moment looking at Umberto Eco and his essay on earth fascism, which is how I'm familiar enough with that little bit to just immediately go, ah, ding, ding, ding. Um, do have a read, good friends, or a watch. But yeah, the, the Yerk Empire as a, it's not even a metaphor or an, as an XB for fascism is obvious. Mm-hmm. I suppose it goes to, if you want, really wanted to like chase the rabbit of the, the fact that Idris's hosts are a Middle Eastern soldier, um, a white woman effectively um, effectively in the thralls of capitalism and then two different women of colour. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. That's her I choices. Did I did not think about that. That's, that's actually good Like the appropriation. I think I mentioned it in our last recording, like the appropriation of the science of people of colour. Um, and that's mm-hmm. a white, that's been a tool of white supremacy for fucking thousands of years. Like, mm-hmm. the Muslim world had a bunch of shit long before any white person go, huh, ain't that weird? Apples <laughs> fall down from tree. Mm-hmm. But it just occurred to me that, and how often the hosts that Yerk seem to really like are, generally speaking, white men in positions of power wherever mm. possible. You know, the easy ones. Mm-hmm. The easy ones. Mm-hmm. But, uh. like, we, it does just like, yeah, well... If we can infest the Americans, well, then we're then we're gonna then it's it's good as beaten. Mm-hmm. So you can uh-huh. do if you can take control of the most powerful of the biggest military force. Well, then you have all the cards. Mm-hmm. Ah, aha. <laughs> yeah, it's so. She and Visser 3 get into this little shouting argument because Visser 3 is like, look, she doesn't even attempt to hide her sympathies. And Idris is like, yeah, uh, I intended to take humans as our slaves and I needed to spend time assessing things. Uh, okay. Um, and I couldn't, I did not doubt that we could slaughter humans. The question was, could we make them ours? And Visser 3 is like, humans possess simple projectile weapons armed with explosives ranging from chemical ordnance to fusion weapons. They do not have energy beam weapons, quantum viruses, sensor shield technology, zero space travel. Their fastest craft fly at speeds measured in multiples of the speed of sound. Their so-called spacecraft are devoid of weapons. (laughs) And Idris is like, there are more than five billion of them. And you may deride their projectile weapons, but a nine millimeter bullet will kill a Hork-Bajir host body quite effectively. And taxons are geds? A taxon can be killed with a can opener. <laughs> I, I intended to win, Visser, not make brave noises and loud speeches. When I began the mission to Earth, we might, with luck, have been able to assemble and land a force of 50,000 Hork-Bajir and 20,000 taxons on Earth. Five billion humans, each firing a single bullet, would have missed nearly, could have missed nearly 100% of the time and still wiped us out. Uh, we can terrify them into surrender. Ignorant fool. Humans have fought thousands of wars. Thousands. We as a race have fought a mere handful. They run straight into the bullets, Visser 3, again and again. Did you know that? They attack against insane odds. They defend what can't be defended. Outnumbered, outgunned, surrounded, hopeless. They will still fight, fight, 
Fight till they are each and every one dead. Something you might know if you stopped posturing long enough to learn something. It's ironic, Visser Three, that you of all Yerks, you who rose to prominence by studying the Andalites when no one else would, have turned so stupid when it comes to dealing with humans. <laughs> you see, Visser, a human forced to fight can be brave to the point of madness, but they have weaknesses too. Enough weaknesses. Enough that they can still be ours if we are patient. <laughs> uh, and Garoff is just like, let us grant that humans are complex. That's not the issue. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> something that I like want to like really point out is defending mm -hmm. what can't be defended. Because like this phrase comes up a lot mm -hmm. throughout the series, and like even me with my Swiss cheese memory, like <laughs> <laughs> notice it enough to be like. Yes, this has come up lots of times about uh, humans defending what can't be defended. And um, just like, if it was not presented, like, right next to you, humans have fought thousands of wars. I would just mm -hmm. be, like, proud to be a space orc, but, you know. Yeah. I do hope K.A. are aware of all the Space Orc posts around and know <laughs> what good, like, groundwork they laid for that. Yeah. Um, God, I hope but so. But yeah, this is what I was saying, like, I felt uh, so very, um, without knowing just how well I would have stated those arguments in Dumb Kids before reading this book. No wonder Danielle was so proud of me. Oh <laughs> 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 yeah. And, yep. but also, yeah, but, um, cause this is the argument that I see is making the most sense. But uh, I mm -hmm. watched a bunch of, um, epic battlefield simulator because G was watching it the other day, just like a million. And it's just like, at the end of the day, numbers do matter. Like, Mm -hmm. I've played enough tabletop games. It doesn't matter how powerful you are. If everyone else is going to get a chance to hit you before you can hit them, it doesn't matter what you can do. Yeah. Mm. And it's... Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, well, what I was going to say is, like, I listen to a lot of sci-fi, and for those of you who do, I'm assuming there's plenty of you who do, <laughs> like, uh, one of the things that, like, always like takes me out of things is when like somebody goes and all of the humans did x mm -hmm. because bullshit um <laughs> uh just like but like uh thinking about what happened like in the wake of 9-11 and yeah. like i'm american so like i'm thinking about like americans but like uh, if the if the Yerks did attack humanity on mass, I that is one of the few things where like I could genuinely see the human race coming together. Cause mm -hmm. like yes, I would be happy if you you know not me, but like uh I I can definitely see somebody who's like yes, I would be happy if those people over there. Uh, stopped living, but also these are aliens, and uh, yeah. they are not it's even about giving people. Yeah, from here. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
It's about giving people a common enemy. And again, yeah. mm -hmm. fascism. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just to prove that, hey, it slices both ways. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, to your, to your point, Doug, just like, yeah, get, like humans are like cats, just, mm, like getting a number of us to agree. Like you could never get all humans to agree on one thing, but you might be able to get enough mm -hmm. for your purposes. Like, and it is one of those things where just like people assume they understand the will of a people, but then you will see like the turnouts to protests and things like mm -hmm. that. And just like, Oh, Hey, my faith in humanity has been restored a little bit <laughs> yeah, because mm -hmm. it isn't how it is portrayed one way. The amount of people that actually do care about this, that will fight for this. Mm -hmm. And there is something truly wonderful. And like, I, I'm a humanitarian, I don't know, a humanitarian, like I, have a great deal of belief in people mm -hmm. and like that willing to defend what can't be defended. But you, even if it maybe can't be, it should be. And people mm -hmm. making the choice mm -hmm. to do so. Cause there are plenty of circumstances where if people don't believe in what they're doing, they won't. Like right. that's why there are so many stories of like during uh, various wars, like people fleeing the battlefield and being overcome by their surroundings and not being able to fight. Mm -hmm. And then there are people fighting for causes they believe in. And I don't necessarily mean on a battlefield. This can be uh, in any sort of situation. Like when I see like these protesters putting themselves through heinous things just to prove to higher ups, like, yeah, no, we're here, we're not going anyway, anywhere. When mm. you see like that massive uh, quilt that they laid out in front of the Washington Monument to mourn all the people killed by AIDS in the 80s, when you see people come together, it's incredible. There is, um, this will be my last point before we get back to the book, there's <laughs> this lyric by Grace Petrie, who I cannot recommend enough. She's fab. Um, cause people like to sneer at snowflakes and, uh, that in and of itself bugs me, but there is this lyric, uh, that Grace wrote, which is they'll see how much a snowflake matters when we make an avalanche. Mm, I love that. Right. Yeah. I have a rainbow snowflake tattoo because fuck the haters. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's what? your fucking point? I, yeah. I hate the bastardization and the use of that term to demean right. and diminish people because they care about things. Mm -hmm. They're on the starfish but back. A, mm. But let us return back to so, yeah, Idris the, and the awful. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Idris's argument is like, it hinges on the fact that they want to enslave humans, right? They could very easily yeah. wipe out humanity. <laughs> like, oh yeah, no question. Uh, we have, we have. It, it is canonical that like a dome ship, like one of the Andalite dome ships, has a shredder so powerful that it literally can burn up a planet. Like, yeah, full Death Star, full Death Star kind of <laughs> deal. Um, and so, like, the Yerks could just burn Earth to a crisp, and they could, theoretically, just kill enough humans that everyone else 
No, they wouldn't even give up because humanity would be like, oh, but you need us. Like, that's mm-hmm. the thing here is you need us. So us throwing ourselves into the meat grinder can only deprive you of what you want. Mm-hmm. Never underestimate <laughs> the human capacity for spite. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, you thought? <laughs> flip the birds as you backflip into the meat shed just like good luck hosting me now <laughs> yeah because like i was literally just thinking about like battlefield earth and like what i as somebody who is not fit i have a bad ankle i'm very fat and i'm just generally out of shape and i was thinking about like what i would do if the options were be enslaved uh, to somebody in your brain using your body or nothing. You know what? I'm going to choose nothing. I own knives. I can make this mm-hmm. work. Yep. It's, uh, it, it, it is a fact of the human condition, I think, spite. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. uh, uh, love that for us. <laughs> love that for us. Um, one of and, like, but like we favorite, see. Go ahead. Mm, I just one of my favorite things. Just like um, content warning for brief discussion of suicidal thoughts. The notion of just like, bitch, no, my brain. You don't get to just tell me to end my life. If you want to be dead, you fucking work for it. Like, come on. <laughs> like, what do you think you are? A fleshy virus? No. Do something. They're just telling me, just like, oh, maybe we should kill ourselves. No, fuck off. <laughs> or just like telling the little gremlin voice in our head just to eat shit. She's like, no, Greg, I don't think I'm gonna do that. Actually, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. We, I mean, we see it on display in Alice and Kim, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we see it. We see it later, uh, in in the interaction that happens with the Animorphs, uh, what is on the New Hampshire license plate. Live free or die. Uh, there's a reason that that's what the hork say. Um, is that literally on the license plates for that state? I, I don't know. Probably. Like, I'd like, buy it. What the fuck? Like, I appreciate that some of the states have some real hardcore yep, state Yep, it models. sure fucking is. <laughs> and which state is this? <laughs> New Hampshire? Uh, I it don't is, even know it's of one of the tiny New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the tiny New England states. Um, I think... What? New Hampshire... It's got to be some holdover from, like, maybe the Civil War. Uh, right. I think it's from the Revolutionary War. Or the, um, yeah, yeah, and like the uh, yeah, yeah. In my head, the Revolutionary the snake- War. The, the granite s- state refers to as extensive granite formations and quarries. Uh, the motto reflects its role in the Revolutionary War. Yeah, fair play. So oh, it holds the first primary. That's why I know it. Ah, they're always the first, <laughs> the first ones you get the information from. When during the election, I'm sorry, y- y'all were saying something. Oh no, just that uh, I uh, always associate "live free or die" with uh, like the snake and Appalachia, though. So. Yeah, well, that that one is "join or die," right? Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was that was the 
revolutionary um uh, uh Ben Franklin, yeah, the revolutionary Ben Franklin cartoon, political cartoon. Basically like join up with us in our fight against Britain or, you know, be uh East Meal taken out. Uh-huh. And the Don't Shred on Me snake is a revolutionary war one, which is possibly because there's those. Yeah, I'm just looking it up. Now. Rapid googling. <laughs> yeah, the 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 Don't Tread on Me was co-opted by Confederates. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes, people. But yeah, <laughs> frustrating and admirable qualities of the human race. Just like, mm, yeah, nah, we'll be pretty chill unless provoked. You say, oh, you say I can't do what now? Actually, fuck you. <laughs> um, we're, we're the brains that but, argue with each other ourselves. Yeah. But um, grew off after being like, okay, can we just get back to the point? <laughs> <laughs> Much like us podcasts, we're just like, okay, you're off track. Can we please <laughs> get back on topic? Because um, the issue is not whether or not the p- about humans as viable hosts or whatever. The issue is that uh, you just dropped off the map for two years yeah. to live as a human. Right. And Idris immediately points out that, that it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um. And this was essential to understanding how to defeat a strong human. And meanwhile, this of the three is just shouting down, just like raising the point, like she had human children. And she's like, I needed to understand my prey and family is central to their worldview, which pulling back to the soldier, the first mm-hmm. host, uh, which again, I could unpack for ages about how much I think host brains influence Yerk mentality and Yerk uh-huh. behavior. And- uh-huh. Like mm. it just makes it's so interesting. It's so yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um it's good shit. But um Vista 3 is saying it's a liar. I request a live memory dump. She's not worthy of trust. It's clear she's concealed evidence. I will enter her memory and root out the truth. And he just wants to scream. Um and she's like freaking out. And Eva's loving it. It's just like Yes, then you'd feel what it's like to have someone controlling your memory. You'd see what it's like to have a filthy yuck in your head. <laughs> and he just rightly points out, if if Vista 3 goes into my head, he's going to know about your son, which does quiet down either. Um, But really, that's not the real problem. Um, and Garoff is like, Vista 1 would have to agree to a live memory interface um, but if you do agree, you get immunity for all secondary crimes. We only want the truth of the major charge that you have delayed the invasion of Earth by incompetence or for reasons of sympathy with the host population. We have no interest in minor rule breaking, like called it. <laughs> <laughs> and the interface will be strictly confined to the time in question. And he just like, you suggest I trust him. And Garoff's like, no, I don't. I will do the probe. Uh, and he just knows, like, she, there's no way out. She's trapped. Uh, she can't hide anything. And it's either going to be death now, she refuses, or death later, based on what 
agar offsies. Um, and then we just get the casual mention that probes are inserted through her host's skull. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did not catch that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the slight electricity as they found my... Yes, yeah, so they literally shove like probably very thin metal probes through the skull to poke the actual yerk <laughs> as it's like lying flat around the post brain. Um, so Groff is here. He's tuned in to Idris O'Clock Vision. Mm. Um, but he's very subtle about it. He doesn't like seize control. He insinuates himself, which is just insidious as AF. We like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, because he doesn't need to brute force his way here. Uh, it's just his voice for the moment. It's polite questions. Um, but the power is his. And he requests that you just tell him. And she agrees. And Eva just laughs. She's like, hey, what is that sound? Oh, I know. It's the jaws of a trap snapping shut. Which is just... Mwah. Mm-hmm. But uh, we cut to a live memory. Which is Alison and uh, Idris arguing about super string theory. Mm-hmm. Um, how it's more correct than Alison thinks you just fail to see the next step um, they're stuck in traffic heading for a conference in San Francisco it's on super string theory a simplistic precursor to what even we yerks refer to as andalite harmonic theory mm. um, and we do get this nice line it's not an end it's a beginning just mm-hmm. like hi hello hard sci-fi nom 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 um, but Alison, like with nothing else to do, Alison's like, yeah, okay, tell me more about this science. Um, yep. and we get this take from Idris on Alison, which is she's trapped, helpless, but she still cared about learning. It was something we shared in common. She wanted to understand. And if that meant being pleasant to me, she was willing to do so. We spoke a great deal about physics, history, about biology. She was fascinated by Yerk biology. I was fascinated by human history. All her memories were mine to command, to open or close as I chose. It wasn't necessary for me to converse with her, but I found it pleasant. Yes, it was pleasant. Just, uh, I love looking at that through just like face value and then through the lens of an unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love Allison being like, tell me all about Yerk biology. Like our homegirl isn't trying to <laughs> suss out a way to fucking sneeze out a Yerk somehow. She's like, love this for her. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. I'm simplifying things, but you know. Yeah, it's yeah. it's very it's when you look at it from an unreliable narrator, it's very clear that Idris found this pleasant. But she said herself, Allison was willing to be pleasant to her if it meant she learned things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Idris found it pleasant. Yeah. Like, e- they even use the same words. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Essam, uh, meanwhile, has found the human uh, Hildy Gervais. I'm sorry about your unfortunate surname, fictional. <laughs> man um and is often like has gone full human um often out like gaining experiences 
And Idris has the impression that he enjoys the job he has as a human. Mm-hmm. And Idris, for her part with Alison, spends a lot of time alone. And then we get the uh, little bit of interesting reflection about how um, <laughs> the effect of being in LA and mm-hmm. how it makes you feel uh, lazy and unmotivated. She's like, hmm, sounds like depression, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, he's just like, I should have been energized, um, but instead she just feels lost and like drifting. And Alison points out about uh, how maybe it's effective being in LA. Um, and it's like she's having, her life is too good right now. Um, because yurks are our work, no play. Um, and it's just like, and when we've taken Earth, you will learn to live without distractions. And uh, we get this little bit of insights. Not we don't hear a lot from Allison, mm-hmm. tragically. Um, she says, "You'll never take Earth." She was so defiant, so confident. No, and why not? You think you know us? You know nothing. You've seen the world through the eyes of a defeated soldier and a junkie bimbo. You know nothing. We'll defeat you, Edris. It was my nightmare, of course, the fear that I was missing something, overlooking something. Humans were so different from one to the next. I had seen so small a sample. Of course, Alison knew some of this. She thought she was manipulating me. She thought she was being clever. Um, But before she can finish her next thought, uh, Garof is just chilling in the memory. Uh, sat in the passenger seat um and it's just like yeah you sure she wasn't succeeding (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and he's just like no and he's like okay let's fast forward a month um and look he just gets to to have the fun experience of literally just being leapt forward in her own memories Mm -hmm. Eva's meanwhile just like "Mm, better focus (laughs) Um, and is seeing these memories as well Mm -hmm. because of the nature of how the probe works um, and Eve's just like you don't like irony (laughs) 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 and so the new scene is uh, Idris in Alice and Kim waiting for Essam to come home um, and it's, uh, it's expressed as waiting impatiently for Essam to come home, waiting for Hildy Gervais. Where was he? He was always late. Um, and, uh, in, in the narration of this memory, uh, it is revealed that Idris had some kind of bet with Allison. Allison challenged her, challenged Idris's knowledge of humans. Um, and we don't, we don't learn exactly what the bet was. Like, we don't learn what the terms were exactly. Um, but Allison somehow challenged Idris, um, and, and was like, prove, prove you know enough about humans, essentially. Is the vibe we get. And Garof is like, you made a bargain with a host? And Idris is like, not a bargain. I was using her. Using her to, right now, in this memory, you're worried about Essam. You want him to come home from his work. Why? Why? I, I miss him. 
More than that, I see it clearly in your memory, though you never admitted it. Your host finds Essam's host attractive. Irrelevant. Humans are prone to all sorts of ridiculous emotions. <laughs> uh, and we fast forward to a volleyball game where we have the super classic anime fall down uh, Hildy falling on top of Allison and then they're face to face sudden silence all the world outside was moving in slow motion I looked into his eyes knew that those eyes were being aimed by Essam but knew too that Allison was looking at Hildy Yerk looking at Yerk human looking at human none breathing no heart beating slowly strangely reluctant he pulled away like it's gay uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's expressly not gay, but I know I know that thought. I have it every single time. <laughs> it is uh, peak like romance. Yes, like, that's some good trophy bullshit, and we like it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and Garoff is like you experienced human emotions that were not derived from the host. It was you, Idris, feeling an exaggerated sympathy for Hildy and for Essam within him. Uh, and Eva's like, you were falling in love with him? You? <laughs> and Idris <laughs> cannot make words. <laughs> Nothing quite uh, like being called out on your feelings by your uh, boss. Uh -huh. <laughs> also, the fact that just like Essam, you liked Essam of all the yurks. <laughs> um, but also because the insinuation is like, yurks don't like that we've necessarily seen, or not that we have yet seen, often experience romantic attraction as we as humans might mm -hmm. understand it. Mm -hmm. So, like, you assume that they do probably experience emotional closeness. Like, we've had brief glimpses of, like, affection for maybe, like, people who are born in the same pool as you and things like that. But right. we've never really gotten to experience what yerk affection is like because their society doesn't allow for it. Right. It's become so militarized. It's all about like get up the chain, get more powerful. And we don't get to spend time with enough time on screen with like members of the Yerk uh, peace movement to mm -hmm. get a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And it's so uh, interesting to me to just have this moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's for me, it like it's very clear, I think, to me that. In her own way, Idris, quote-unquote, loved Alice and Kim and Essam. Uh, and I think Essam, in a more true-to-the-sense-of-the-word way, loved Hildy and Allison and uh, Idris. And I think that Allison and Hildy must have had something with each other that mm. they found some sort of fulfillment in while being, uh, while they were infested as well. Um, but like just, you know, imagining they probably didn't do it simultaneously, but imagining the, the sense of camaraderie that happens between two people who only get to really interact with one another every three days for like half an hour at a time 
Mm-hmm. Like that's some good shit. Um, but uh, we fast forward again another month, and this time it's a literal candlelit dinner <laughs> with lobster and crab. And Hildy like literally places a piece of crab into Allison's mouth with his fingers. Um, or I'm using the host names. It's it is Idris and Essam. Mm-hmm. Um. And Gareth is like, she took you, Visser One. Like, <laughs> like you lost the bet, my friend. <laughs> you, you very lost the bet. Um, and Idris is continuing to claim, I had to, it was all part of learning to understand humans. I had to know them to enslave them. And this time, Gareth goes forward six months. And, uh, this time we see Allison is pregnant. Um, and the doctor says that it's twins. Um, I'm going to read this a little bit. I see your memory as clearly as you do, Visser One. I see your memory as clearly as if you were my host body. I know what lies six months from this point. No, I whispered, helpless. I don't know if this will be good news or bad news, Allison, the doctor said, but you're going to have twins. She moved the primitive sonogram equipment over my swollen belly. Twins? You're sure? I looked at Hildy slash Essam. He smiled. A little boy and a little girl. Twins. Garoff walked through the door and looked down at me with furious hork eyes. All a part of understanding humans, Idris? All in service of the Yurk Empire? From the bed, looking up at, looking up helpless at him, I said, no. No? You admit it? There was no point in lying. I had lied to myself then. Lied and told myself I was simply investigating all aspects of human experience. Your host, this human, she turned you, Idris. Yes, I I was far from home, far from the Empire, sentenced to death for disobeying, disobeying stupid orders. My host, her mind, her senses, she... She what, Visser One of the Yurk Empire? She what? She was alive. She was alive. She was more alive than me, more alive than any of us. Garoff nodded. You had become Jenny Lines, Visser One. What? It didn't make any sense. You were addicted, Visser One. You became addicted to humans. Uh, this is very troubling, Visser One, Garoff said. I am no traitor. I'm not an Andalite sympathizer. No, I don't think you are. But you are, or were, a traitor, Visser One. Memory forward three months. I was in a bed, a narrow bed. I wore a simple pink robe. It was drenched with sweat. My hair was plastered down. My face was red from the strain of the previous four hours. Essam slash Hildy leaned over the bed, smiling. I smiled up at him, but only briefly. Then I looked back down at the two very small faces. The boy, my son, had not opened his eyes yet. But the girl, my daughter blinked and look up, looked up at me, her mind perfectly empty, receiving its first images, images of me, mother, mommy, Allison Kim, and a yerk named Idris. What are we going to do? Hildy slash Essam whispered. I did, I didn't know. I don't know. Allison, the shipboard Candrona generators cannot last much longer. We will need to replenish our surprise, supplies if we are to survive. I discovered I was crying when a tear dropped onto my son's, son's face. I love you, Idris, Essam, Essam himself said. And I love these small humans, our children. 
Of course, they weren't our children. They were the progeny of Allison and Hildy. They were the infant. These were infant humans, not Yerks. Yerks do not have any involvement with their progeny. Yerk parents do not live to see their children. What have we done? He whispered. Signed our own death decrees, I said. If we contact the Empire and they learn of this, we will die. It won't matter what else we tell them. The children must survive, Idris, Allison said inside my head. You know that. You feel that. I know you do. You've come so far, learned so much. You know that the children, my children, and yes, your children, Idris, they're what it's all about. They will live, I whispered. Essam slash Hildy looked puzzled. Then he nodded. Essam and Hildy conferred within their shared brain. Then he said, one thing we swear, the four of us, the children will survive. Uh, and Garof stops the memory. Uh, and Eva says, I didn't know. You never let me see that part of your past, Idris. You loved them. And Idris tries to explain to Garof that it was an extremely powerful emotion. Um, it was not planned. Allison never planned for things to go, to go so far. Her plan was only to show me human happiness, human hope, human love. To weaken me, to make me see humans as far more than mere host bodies. Things went too far. Essam was captured by the emotion of love. As were you, Visser One. I was unprepared. Humans are complex. Uh, and then we get some bullshit about other host bodies. Um, you can shield yourself from them. I was the first. We were the first, Essam and I. No one knew what humans held in their minds. No one knew. They weren't intellectual inferiors. They were impossible. It, they were impossible to dismiss as sub-Yerk. Not when you knew them. And, uh, Gareth nods. They're in the memory. Um, Gareth watches as past Idris slash Allison, uh, holds the little girl to her breast to suckle, um, watches with a mixture of disdain and worry. Uh, and then the pro probes are withdrawn and Idris is, Idris is despondent because she realizes that this means that everything is over and, uh, she cannot protect her children anymore. Um, but Eva isn't crowing in triumph like she expects. <laughs>